Willikers, the broom I wanted way back in Calgon Alley. The Necromo Benembros Alifasagoso. Who could have done this? Well, well, maybe, maybe it was Softcastle McCormick. Wink, wink, Harry. Wink, wink. Now imagine a music, dear readers, heavy with cellos at a rapid staccato. Cellos held between thighs in a dark room. The little room of Harry's chest as he walks with his teammates to the opening gate of his first test of cribbage. Generation Loss. This is the show where me, Bryn, and that Jeremy talk about <laughs> movies. <laughs> it's the show where we spend 25 minutes before recording just talking about video <laughs> games and architecture our, and then record. <laughs> our, our very stupid brains. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, let's also talk about dumb movies. <laughs> yeah, we should probably... <laughs> <laughs> just hit record at some point. <laughs> yeah, that could have been half of a of That could have been half episode. of the episode, man. We could have been, like, really cruising. <laughs> it would have been a fantastic episode of us just being like, um, shit, how do I search for this? What is that house called? <laughs> uh, what is that ar- architect? Uh, what is that What's style? His name? Uh, oh, <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. This is great oh. audio. <laughs> <laughs> Good show. People love to listen to us try to think about stuff and fail. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's another week here in um, the COVID revolution cool zone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Things are going very crazy. We're going to talk about movies uh, <laughs> that don't have anything to do with what's going on in the world right now. Not true. Not true. We've actually picked... A oh, movie yeah. that lies at the intersection way. of two things that are currently happening, uh, because it is a um, it is a movie uh, centered in in Harry Potter uh, lore. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not the Harry Potter movie, but it is centered around it. Uh, so that's that's one thing that's happening. J.K. Rowling is is out here Canceled. having a having a <laughs> having a turf one. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and if you remember, the director of um, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus, who, oh, who is <laughs> also being canceled. He's also being canceled. <laughs> <laughs> All of his statues are being torn down by yeah. uh, the autonomous zones. Yeah, um, uh, very cool, very cool stuff. We'll get to that, though. Not enough people are calling them auto zones, um, yeah. which I think is sad. Um, it's fun. But yeah, we will get to all we'll get of to the that. scandals in time. Before we do that, what did you watch this week, Jeremy? Um, I watched the uh, Jeffrey Epstein documentary. Oh, the... The, uh... the Filthy Rich, mm-hmm. I believe it's called. Filthy Rich. It's not Dirty Money, It's um, which is another Netflix show, I believe. Which I like that show. That show is, you know, it doesn't 
fully go into all the things I wish it went into, but it's a pretty good primer on why you shouldn't trust anything. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet, but that sounds very much like the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. Yeah. <laughs> it, I haven't um, watched it yet. It's. I think it's very good, mm-hmm. um, but I think it also, like, it really, it, it seriously depends on who you are and what level of brain poisoning you have about <laughs> the Epstein case and where you're at in your own life and whatever. <laughs> like, there's a lot of factors. The problem with something like Epstein is that there's a lot of baggage associated mm. and you're gonna you can't come in without it you know <laughs> there's right. no entering this documentary clean uh or like you can but it's a very rare person <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's a weird person because they have to have read literally nothing mm-hmm. about jeffrey epstein except like what the msnbc covered and but then they also have to be interested enough to want to watch the movie the so, thing is, I don't so think you like, can even have watched any coverage of it to have had no baggage, because okay. I don't believe that anybody like anybody who's even heard of the case hasn't at least been like, damn, that's crazy. And then <laughs> you go into this and you're like, well, I feel like they're not making it seem crazy enough. <laughs> it's much crazier. Than, do, so do, so is there the, anything The thing is, egregious? it's impossible. It's impossible to make it seem crazy enough because the, the crazy onion just goes you know it's like an an infinite onion yeah an outback steakhouse (laughs) blooming it's a blooming onion (laughs) (laughs) it is it is a blooming onion this case uh it's not a there's nothing egregiously wrong about it is the thing it's like Mm -hmm. there's nothing about it where i felt like it was deliberately like whitewashing i didn't think it was deliberately trying to clean anything up uh, or like rehabilitate anybody's image like they one of the concerns going into it was that the guy who made it was like uh had like some connection to the Clintons and people were like it's probably gonna be <laughs> like you know cleaned up to to sanitize Bill's image and all this it's not he's pretty squarely uh you know there he mm-hmm. and, and in fact he gets way more screen time <laughs> than uh you know people like Dershowitz or um or Mike Trump, or, or people like that. Uh, no, Wexner is in there. There's some interesting Wexner stuff. Uh, yeah. The documentary, the, the one of the few things that they talk about that I had never heard anywhere else before <laughs> was that there's a belief that Epstein and Wexner were, like, gay together. I have not heard that. I've never heard that, Ooh. but it is apparently believed <laughs> that, they, <laughs> that they were gay together, uh, and that was okay. part of the arrangement that they had together and what and one of the theories i guess about why les wexner helped epstein up so much Mm. uh unclear (laughs) where that comes from very interesting stuff but anyways the the thing about the documentary is you can't you can't approach it with baggage but you can't not have the baggage right so you go into it and you watch it and you're like well they're not they're not pushing into uh you know his intelligence ties they're not pushing into who all these rich people were how many of them were actually on the island who went and when you know a lot of that stuff kind of falls to the wayside in mm. telling this kind of different story of Epstein that i think is actually really good and uh important in a way <laughs> because um the story that they end up telling is uh, largely apolitical and ends up centering almost entirely around the victims. Yeah, right. 
That's and what I, one so thing I heard about it. it's yeah, it's platforming all of these women who are abused by him. Mm-hmm. And kind of one of the things that I kept thinking about as I was watching it is is like because of the people wrapped up in the Epstein case and because of the way that it's presented itself to us in the, you know, brain sick online community, it kind of becomes very easy to forget that there are victims. Totally. <laughs> you know, like it kind of feels like it, it becomes this sort of like sport where we're like little junior detectives trying to figure out who was where, you know, who who was involved. Right. Is he Mossad or is he CIA? And you like lose <laughs> all this stuff. And then and then because of our like irony poisoning, you just end up like making all these jokes about it all the time and it becomes like you know funny like like the like the 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 temple is the perfect example like the temple on epstein's island is Mm -hmm. funny and you post pictures of it and that's funny you know what i mean but like it's impossible not to laugh at something so absurd exactly but then you watch this documentary and you're like yeah i guess like in in all of this meme culture you kind of forget like yeah a lot of people (laughs) were abused in really major ways Right. No. Yeah. And I think and it's, it's kind of just like a sobering, like pulling you back down to earth sort of feeling. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to when talking about the Jeffrey Epstein case. I mean, I don't think it's disrespectful to just sort of trying to find, a, you know, a sense of humor about like the absolute absurdity and like large web of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it isn't always important to remember that like there were pe- like probably hundreds of people who were abused in yeah. an incredibly insane and sick way. Um, and it does, it, you know, it's not funny because they just were like making, you know, cookies or something like it's, right. it's not shocking because they were doing nothing. It's shocking because, you know, all of these people at the core of our, you know, the centers of power uh, in, in our country and probably many countries are involved in these horrific things. That's why I think it's important. Um, you know, shout out Truanon for having on Maria Farmer. Um, yeah. And I think what's hard about it is because the 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 victims are so often questioned as if they are even victims at all. Like Virginia uh, Jeff Virginia Jeffries and and Maria Farmer. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is like, no, it didn't happen. Nothing happened. I don't know these people. But it's like there's like extreme evidence <laughs> that they right. were there and like she had a license her license plate or her license uh driver's license said les wexner's mansion's address or whatever right <laughs> it's like, yeah oh what do you mean you never knew these people um so <laughs> yeah so i think tr- that is like trinon is someone that i was thinking about in all this where it's like i agree with you that like it it isn't disrespectful inherently to you know, have humor around terrible things. I generally, you know, I'm of the opinion that it's, it's, it can be a very positive thing, but I think that there is kind of this constant um, need to check where you are in relation to that. And I think that the Maria, the Maria Farmer episode ends up kind of being that for them in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. where, because they're so entrenched in this online culture of, of, you know, Epstein memes and whatever, like, it it did feel for a while listening to it like like listening to it now after having seen the documentary after having listened to their interview listening to episodes preceding it it feels a little bit like maybe it's gone too far in this other direction mm. it's like i always think of it like um 
like Wiley Coyote <laughs> when he uh, runs off. No, Wiley Coyote when he runs off the cliff, mm-hmm. and there's a certain amount that he can run before he falls. Right. And he only falls if he looks down, right? And there's like this sort of like unspoken rule of like if he doesn't run too far, he can get back to the cliff. You've he seen him do that. Climb like claws his way back, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it kind of feels like when you're in this sort of like jokey mentality about stuff, like it's not an inherently bad thing. Just like running isn't an inherently bad thing. But then you run <laughs> off the side of the cliff, and at some point you have to look down, and hopefully you look down before you've gone too far <laughs> off the cliff, and you're in the middle, and you just fall down the ravine, right? Right. Anyway, yeah. it felt kind of like uh, uh, like an opportunity to look down and and get back to the cliff. Totally. And their show is And that's very... the metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I think it works. Uh, <laughs> because I think their show's been very contemplative and very political and, and you know, I saw them live in LA, uh, mm-hmm. and the show was very funny, but like they really wrapped it up and grounded it in a in a really, really impressive way. Um and I think they've been getting better at dealing with very, very serious stuff and knowing when to bring in levity and and jokes and what to joke about and what not to so right. shout out to them um doing yeah, it's a great, a great show really fantastic uh, show. listen to the true and on if you have if you aren't already listeners um but uh, yeah so but you thought the show was a good companion piece you'd say like to someone already i think if you're already deep into epstein brain i think that it doesn't have a ton to offer you in terms of new information Mm -hmm. but it has a lot to offer you in terms of like emotional grounding i think that it's a very good piece to watch to to remember kind of what this is about you know and i think if you're not into epstein at all it's actually very good primer i think it has a lot of very good like it you know what it is it's um the way that like freaks think of out of shadows is what this actually is Okay. Like, this is actually a very good entry point to, like, red pill people. This is actually a very good place for some to, to, to get somebody in who doesn't know a lot about Epstein. Just kind of sit them down, show them this, and they're like, all right, I get the I get the basics of the case now. And then you're like, but did you know? <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you about Robert Maxwell. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I'll probably watch it if there, because I mean, I think that is really important. Even someone who has spent unholy amounts of time reading and poor. Do you know how many, I have multiple gigs of video footage (laughs) released by the CIA (laughs) on my computer that like isn't online? (laughs) Uh Like I've spent too much time thinking about it. So I'd like to, I like little nice packages especially if it's about you know nice interviews with people yeah it definitely it's good it's yeah it's worth it cool um yeah what did you watch this week so i watched something uh nearly as horrifying um (laughs) this week i went and asked for uh recommendations for body horror films on twitter um, and a lot of my followers gave me great options, um, but it was because I had decided to rewatch a movie that I hadn't seen in a long time. Uh, after okay, so after watching Midsommar, the long version, uh, mm-hmm. which I watched last week, 
I just had like real hankering for this specific kind of horror that is like very uh, metaphorical and sort of emotionally upsetting, you know, like not a scary, like Midsommar is barely a horror film. Right. It's a, it's a movie that has deep gore and in, in disturbing images, but it's, it's more um, an emotionally draining sort of intense kind of movie, you know? Yeah. If even um, that, like, I, I almost <laughs> feel like it's just kind of like, uh, like a, a fun like a like, dark like, comedy in places like a dark with... comedy with like some serious gore and then yeah. occasional emo- i didn't feel like the emotion of it really hit me that hard uh i think it really works in the long cut like some of their some of their breakup stuff is very intense and and mm-hmm. and th- there's a lot of co- a big cathar- bigger catharsis at the end um but i it's more about the metaphor of you know, codependence and, you know, loss and grief and stuff than, right. than it is about just like, ooh, be scary. So I had hankerings for that, especially body horror ones, because those always get me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remembered a movie that I watched a long time ago um, when right before college, I think I was probably like 17 or 18 when I watched it um, called Possession. Okay. Um, and it's directed by Andrzej Zulowski. <laughs> um It's from 1981. It stars uh, Sam Neill and Isabella Anjani. Um, have you heard of this movie? No. Oh, okay. So if you look up uh, screenshots of it, I bet you've seen like gifs of it. It's one of these movies where it's like a very, um, it's very iconic in its in in some scenes, but. Not very what many people it? have actually watched it. It's called Possession by uh, Zolowski. It was uh, made in 1981. Uh, in takes place in West Berlin. Um, so the American side. Uh-huh. And it's in English. And the movie is a very strange movie. It's hard to kind of explain. Uh, Sam Neill is a guy who's returning to West Berlin from a mysterious uh, espionage. He's some sort of spy Mm -hmm. um, for West Berlin, it seems. And he's been gone for a while and he comes back and his wife, who's Isabel uh, Anjani, her name is Anna, is like not the same. (laughs) She's weird um, and he's weird. And like they start fighting and arguing and she's crying a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, he senses that there's something wrong, and they start arguing and these just really intense, violent arguments, um, and like they keep escalating. And from the opening of the movie, the camera is just like psychotic; it's just like constantly moving. Um, and so this tension is building, and they they get a divorce. And she wants a divorce, and she's like, "Why? Why do you want it?" And and uh, they like meet in a cafe. She like leaves and takes their young child, whose name is Bob, for some reason. <laughs> um, and what do you mean he, for like, some reason? <laughs> that's a weird name for a baby, I think. Bob. <laughs> Bob. It's weird. Why not? I don't know. Seems I mean, I weird. guess yeah. It feels like Bob is a name you start going by later. Yeah, it's like Bobby is is the kid. Bobby, name. Robbie. Yeah. 
Robert. Even like, yeah, Robert is even fine. Yeah, Bob, you're right. Bob is an adult. It's a baby. It's like a eight. It's like a five year old kid. Baby Bob. Um, <laughs> baby Bob. Um. Anyway, not the point. The point is, is that they have this thing where she's like gone and he starts like drinking himself to death. And uh, he wants to know why. And he like, pro- he's like, you're with somebody else. Who is it? And uh, she's like, it's not because I'm with anybody else. And then she starts like just graphically telling him that she's fucking someone else and uh he's losing his mind so it's it's confusing the timeline of it because it sort of scenes just keep happening and he takes his son to um school and the school teacher is played by the same actress but with like bright green eyes Uh uh-huh and he's like is this a fucking joke? And he's like screaming at her and she's like, what are you talking about? Like, right. And, and he's like, what's your name? And he's, she's like, I'm Helen. And he's like, Oh, you look just like my wife, Anna. And, and she's like, okay, well that's, you know, (laughs) stop, stop like grabbing me. And, uh, and so he starts feeling like he's losing his mind. He hires a private investigator to figure out where she is because she doesn't he doesn't know where she is so the private investigator finds her at this place follows her into her apartment pretending to be somebody who's like inspecting the windows Mm. he's inspecting the windows and he's checking all the rooms and she's like oh nothing's weird it's totally fine and then he opens the door and there's like this like monster this like bloody thing Uh, Mm -hmm. and then she kills him um and then <laughs> uh, that thing becomes a doppelganger of Sam Neill. Um, okay. And so this is how the movie is, where just, like, things start happening, and they get stranger and stranger to where you feel like you're losing your mind. <laughs> right. Um, and because uh, the movie's framed around him feeling like his wife is going in cr- going crazy, and he's j- trying to save her. And then you start feeling like maybe he was the one who's always been crazy. Uh, But there's no ending of like, it was all a dream or anything. It just continues confusing you. Um, But so they do a doppelganger of the wife who's real and is just like a different person who looks like her. Right. But then they do a doppelganger of him that is this other entity. He also has like bright green eyes. Oh, okay. So it's like maybe they're from the same world or something. World or yeah, whatever. But the problem with the movie is that it's or not problem. What 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 keeps fucking you up is how deeply metaphorical it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very famous scene where he walks in on her being like strangled by an octopus monster, and like <laughs> it's unclear if it's supposed to represent infidelity or you know him sort of being jealous uh of her lover or if there's literal monsters and this it's kind of always keeping you on your toes about whether anything is happening besides a breakup um or if it's some kind of actual horror film right um because it's not it's it's never really explained to you but there's also this kind of deep underlying an undercurrent of 
political stuff because it's in West Berlin and they never really mention what's happening in East Berlin. But, but it's in English, right? It's in English, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's um. What's in West Berlin? Like what? West Berlin. What, Ber- was what Berlin stuff is is <laughs> in West, and what Berlin stuff is in East? What do you mean? <laughs> like uh, like famous Berlin stuff. Like Brandenburg Gate is is which side? I don't know. Damn. Brandenburg. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know the famous Berlin stuff. I know the big, sp- <laughs> I know all the big sp- stuff in East Berlin, like the uh-huh. big uh, DDR spike, like the tall one of the tallest structures in Europe. It's like uh-huh. this big antenna that's on the Soviet side. Right. The Soviet War Memorial is on the Soviet side. Okay. Um, uh, the big tanks and the cool statues and stuff. Um, right. But then there's like Checkpoint Charlie. Um, but that stuff didn't exist until after. 1990 um so this is 10 almost 10 years before the berlin wall fell so it's you know kind of the zulowski was i think born in in east berlin he's born on that side so he had to like he fled i think to keep making movies he made some movies in the soviet union he kept he made some movies on the other side so there's sort of a metaphor that's going on about what's happening to his country and happening to mm-hmm. him um and how he's dealing with that and 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 why um but it's also just fucking horrifying it's one of like this <laughs> it, i can't stress how scary this movie is like uh-huh. it, it makes you feel crazy um it does a really good because sam neill is just they're both incredible at like acting like they're losing their minds right um and so this the the special effects are awesome there's a scene where uh isabel is explaining to or i guess anna is explaining to him that while he was away she had a miscarriage and mm-hmm. she starts telling him about this thing that happened and uh then it cuts to her like the story she's telling but the miscarriage she's having is in the subway. <laughs> she's okay. like on a subway platform and you're like, oh no, <laughs> what is going to happen? And it's very upsetting. Um, so it's a very kind of, uh, it's a very artistic sort of feeling film. Um, but with all of the best kind of practical effects gore mm-hmm. in service of a very interesting commentary on you know what berlin was going through what germany was going through at the time um and i love it it's one of my favorite movies <laughs> well so what happens with the doppelgangers like do they just it just ends with the, the doppelgangers are still there oh well if uh, yeah so at the very end um she makes like a perfect do- doppelganger of mark sam neil's character um and he ca- he's like gone and killed the lover that she was with and he killed her best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's like this perfect, like cheery Sam Neill with green eyes and he finds her and he's like all bloody and like running towards them. And like, uh, he goes up to, um, there's this great famous scene on the stairs and he goes up to them. There's a conversation, uh, and he is gonna shoot Sam Neill. Um, the, the, the real the, one. The fake one. The fake one. Yeah. He's going to shoot the fake one because she's with him and all happy now. Yeah. Um, he's going to shoot him in the head. And then just like stormtrooper, like 
guards like cops come in and mm-hmm. kill both of them <laughs> um or they kill <laughs> sam neil and then uh she grabs sam neil's guns and shoots herself in the head uh-huh. um and then the doppelganger is just like well and then he like goes to his apartment and uh then bob it cuts to a scene where bob is uh hanging out with helen the green-eyed mm-hmm. teacher who's like babysitting i guess and then there's just like the sound of helicopters and sirens and like flashing in the apartment and she's like don't and the kid is like don't answer the door don't answer the door and goes into the bathtub and pretends to be dead and then like there's this incredible shot where helen is just like staring out the window and she's like flashing lights and then like uh-huh. the sam neil doppelganger is like pressing himself up against the glass door <laughs> and then it just like cuts to black and that's Whoa. the end so it's a really incredible film it's the the filmmaking is like nothing you've seen especially in the 80s it kind of reminds me of a lot more of like what you'd see now it feels super modern it's very fast it's very fast paced yeah it sounds kind of like um scary as hell (laughs) it sounds a little bit like us right i mean obviously like the doppelganger aspect of it but also kind of this like like using it as this metaphor for kind of like separated worlds yeah it's um it's much less feels less linear than that like that's a movie with like a lot of like deliberately paced scenes mm-hmm. and this is a this is the rare art movie that doesn't feel like uh, um it's not plotting ever like there's no scenes where it's like you know that because i feel like there's a lot of like art movies that tend to be very slow yes and this movie always feels like it's like about to burst out of its skin you know mm-hmm. it's just like constantly shit is happening and you're like fuck <laughs> yeah um so it feels very tense and more like a thriller. And then there's just like scenes where like these horrible monsters show up and it's like, why is this happening? So yeah, similarly, I'm watching, um, uh, dark right now. Oh, that movie. That's a German movie. Or it's it's a, a TV show. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. Also German also feels like it's just like teeming, you know, it's mm-hmm. like fucking every second of that show, something is happening. And, you would love it, by the way. If I'm, you haven't seen you're it, meaning to watch it, you would absolutely adore You've it. You've told me to watch it. I think on the show before. And I it's like this whole thing me. with like, um, like time travel and like looping time travel and like having to like, like the whole thing revolves around like having to close these loops and like having to like, it has like rules of very specific rules of time travel that involve like, uh, like having to do something at one point in the timeline in order for things to happen in both directions. And like, it's really fun to like try to keep track of and whatever. But, um, but it just reminded me of this because it's something that like, if you just even like look down at your phone for a second, you're just like, fuck, I just missed like 10 things. (laughs) (laughs) Who's this guy? What's going on? (laughs) It can be. Yeah. You can watch it in the original German. I don't. Um, Uh, that sounds but awesome. genuinely, like, there's been so many times where I'll just, like, look down for, like, a second. I'll, like, go make myself a snack, and I'll, like, be listening. <laughs> but I'll, like, come back, and I'll be looking, and I'll be like, fuck, different oh, German no. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd they kill that guy? Because the dubs, I mean, all the voices kind of sound similar, and everybody looks... I mean, it's it's in Germany, so, like, everybody is, like, exactly the same looking. <laughs> <laughs> They're all blonde, studly guys. 
Yeah, exactly. It's, well, it's a small town in Germany too, so oh, like no. even more specifically, it's like these people all come from the exact same like <laughs> like, like family lineage, probably. Yeah, I had that problem with Midsummer the first time I watched it, where like mm-hmm. everybody who's in the ritual area is like the exact same guy. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wait, who's the? Isn't that isn't that Pele? <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's a problem with um European S- ethnicity, huh? Y'all, mm-hmm. y'all mayo asses look the same. <laughs> By choice, they all want to look exactly the same. I know they we'll love kill. it. They love it about themselves. It's their favorite. Yeah, <laughs> they, you know, developed whole uh, political movements around looking the same. Yeah. Well, speaking of political movements um, <laughs> centered around. Um, yeah, yes. whatever. You, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna try to come up with some sort of a line. Like English people kind of all look the same too. Mm-hmm. Um, they all but they don't the in same. this movie. They look pretty similar. I mean, they look pretty different in this movie. Yeah, one's redheaded, and they, they, yeah, they're all. Yeah, they, in they this look movie. pretty different. Anyway, we watched um, <laughs> what what is it called? Wizard, Wizard people. Wizard people, dear reader. Yeah. This is a wow. I don't know when the year is. I don't because it came out it's, out multiple years. Um, I think I think the the Wikipedia I think said 2005. 2005 sounds right. So Wizard People, dear readers, is a movie kind of <laughs> that is uh, it's it's a commentary oh, track. It is a commentary track over the movie Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, directed by Christopher Columbus, um, based off of the famous uh, book. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Philosopher's Stone, or or Philosopher's Stone. Depending. It is, yeah. The original one is Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, and they changed it to Sorcerer's Stone when it came here because they thought that American kids were too dumb to know what a philosopher was. <laughs> is that true? I don't know if that's the reason, but they did change it. <laughs> Maybe it's because they were like, we wanted to sound a little more magicy. Mm. I didn't know that they changed it because I knew it was Philosopher's Stone, but I didn't know why yeah it's it's philosophers in in every other country why can't it just be the philosopher's stone (laughs) i mean i guess if you're like a cynical marketing guy and you're bringing this book over here and you're like this is an untested property we don't know this author like we don't know if kids are even going to care about like this weird inbred magic school where all the nazis go right like i i don't know if they're going to be down for this uh, so we're going to have to tip our hand a wee bit here and let them know that there's sorcery going on. Because <laughs> there, there is very is. little philosophizing going on in, in, in these books, except for, you know, I guess philosophies about who runs global finance and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> uh, well, so anyway, the movie is a commentary track by Brad Neely, of uh, China, Illinois fame and mm-hmm. Crease Comics, and he and was if a you're, he was his YouTube thing was um, Baby the Cakes. Professor Brothers. There you go. Um, he did that Washington song that everybody loves. Oh yeah, that's one. Yeah, so this uh, was a sort of very, very, very early two thousands sense of humor. Um, uh, he had some pretty big early viral hits, George mm-hmm. Washington song. Uh, some baby cakes, Professor Brother stuff, Sodom and Gomorrah video, um, which I always thought were very funny. I thought he's very talented. I loved his comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved his videos. And so he did 
just this one time, <laughs> seemingly <laughs> never again, had an idea um, to talk over the entirety of the very first Harry Potter film. By his own admission, he's never read the books. Uh, and I think this this sort of became a joke that he did as his friends made him watch the movie. <laughs> and he sort of just started saying stuff. I think the story that they that I had read about this is that it was uh, they were him and his friends were watching a guy play pool with headphones in. And he seemed just so he was playing pool alone with headphones in and he was like mm. really uh, <laughs> like focused on what he was listening to. And they were no. like, what is he listening to? And everybody was coming up with theories. And somebody said he's listening to the audio book of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's <laughs> Stone. And then and I then guess he... they just started riffing it. And then he just went home and recorded it. Yeah. I mean, that's a funny riff. <laughs> it is <laughs> a very funny guy, riff, yeah. The guy playing pool. <laughs> but to be perfectly honest with you, I think that's a much funnier riff than <laughs> what ends up being the show. But I think that, I think it would be really funny if, if it was just a video of a guy playing pool alone and they just play the Harry Potter audiobook and he just reacts <laughs> to it. I think it's a funnier bit. That might be a funnier bit. Um, so this, but the weird thing about this is that it's not, technically its own movie like he didn't make any visuals right he he didn't really even it does he's not necessarily trying to sync it up very well to the movie like it does a little bit yeah there's times where like um there's a few like moments where he says and this happened (laughs) right Um, well and the thing that made me think of it was because i know the lore of this was that he'd never read the books and i was like did he also never see the movies and as you go you're like no he knows too much to have not ever seen the movie or like interacted with the story but there's times where he'll go um the um the scene where hagrid first comes to meet harry when they're off in their little storm vacation place Mm -hmm. uh and he's like he's knocking on the door uh, that synced up really well. Where right. he goes like, knock, 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 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's. The, I mean, he... It's definitely a few times where he tries, but, like, you could feasibly watch, listen to this audio mm-hmm. without the movie, and it yeah. still be what it is. Um, because ultimately, it's trying to mimic an audio book. That's the bit, is that it's an audio book. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I think... So it's funny, because... So did you ever see this when back in the day or hear it? Uh, I had heard of it mm-hmm. because um, I think I've talked about this before that I, I uh, uh, dated people um, <laughs> before Multiple my wife. Multiple people. And, uh, <laughs> and something that uh, tends to happen. I have had sex before <laughs> with sex other before. people. <laughs> uh, something that tends to happen when you um, uh, date bookish women uh, in college <laughs> is they all uh love harry potter and okay. they all have some sort of uh undying commitment to the books mm. and um the the girl who i dated for most of college uh tried to get me to watch this a few times and i never really uh wanted to because i don't like harry potter and it doesn't mean anything <laughs> to me <laughs> <laughs> okay well that's what, one but thing i was I very to... familiar with this and i'm very familiar with um uh brad neely's work right so one thing i wanted so the reason i wanted to talk about this movie mm-hmm. um was because i think it's a really interesting example of like early internet illegal art yeah um you know this is i think what's interesting about the movie is that he's not allowed to do this the only place you could watch this for a long time was illegalart.com 
Mm -hmm. um, you'd have to download it. I think the way I originally watched it was like you have to download it, burn a CD, and then like play on a separate boombox the audio while you watch the movie. I think that's how right I halfway through it. there's a point where he like informs you like and and put in the next CD now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so annoying and like and 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 I think that that's super interesting. But as I was watching it, I thought. What was so much more fun to think about was, A, I have no idea what you think about Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and I was wondering, does this movie work at all if you don't care about Harry Potter, if you've never seen Sorcerer's yeah. Stone? Um, have you seen the Sorcerer's Stone? Yeah, I've seen the movies. Um, okay. I've read a couple of the books uh, in really? the same in the same time <laughs> period, uh, dating uh, the, the bookish girl in college who liked Harry mm -hmm. Potter. Uh, this was around the time that... Um, half-blood prince would have been coming out the movie and uh she was very excited for it and i was like okay i'll go see it with you and she's like you have to read the book first <laughs> and like, so no. i did <laughs> i did uh i chewed through it in a day because uh again folks at home if you're unfamiliar it's a children's book <laughs> it's very easy to read <laughs> they, these things they just come and go very quick uh, yeah. yeah, no, I've seen the movie. I've probably seen this one in particular a couple of times just because okay. it's it's been around long enough. And it's the kind of thing that, mm -hmm. like, if it's on TV, I'll, like, leave it on. Um, it's not okay. something that I'd turn off. Uh, I don't okay. have that strong of a repulsion to the Harry Potter uh, world. That being said, uh, Harry Potter means absolutely nothing to me, as I said <laughs> before. Um, I have absolutely no emotional commitment to it. <laughs> uh, there... I don't find it very charming or, or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of just like, it's at the same level as something like um, like Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound is great. Yeah, actually, I was going to say, it's I actually cute. probably have more of an emotional <laughs> commitment to that than Harry Potter. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of like what, like, like the Goonies. Okay, the Goonies is a good example. Oh. I don't have any emotional bond to the Goonies, but it's okay. a fun enough movie that if it's on TV, I'd leave it on. Um, I've never seen that movie. Oh, really? Yeah. It's pretty fun. But yeah, that's what it's, I hear. people are like, yeah, it's good. Goonies. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, maybe one day I'll never watch. It. I don't care. <laughs> if you were a, if you were a child in the early 80s, I bet it means a lot to you. Right. That's the thing. There's some people who are like, you've never seen the Goonies. Yeah. It's like my that's my whole thing. Yeah. Gen Xers. I, yeah. Gen uh, <laughs> which I'm not one of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So because of the fact that uh, Harry Potter means nothing to me and I don't connect with it in any emotional way. Uh, I regret to inform you, and I feel very bad because a lot of people <laughs> in our Discord were very excited that we were watching this yeah. and expressed very, uh, uh, you know, supportive words about uh, this work. Uh, I hated it so goddamn much. <laughs> I'm very mad that you made me watch this. It was a slog to get through. I watched it in, I think, seven or eight sessions. <laughs> wow. Did you, like, stop basically every time he... Uh... He ch changed the chapter. Uh, I would like watch in like because it's it's long. It's I mean it's long as it's the movie. It's it's two, and two and hours, hours and yeah, it's uh, two and forty I think. Um, it's a long ass movie. It's a long ass thing, yeah. and uh, I would stop probably every like fifteen to twenty minutes because I would be like, it's just it. It's like um, I've described uh, G Gundam the same way where it's like <laughs> my brain just kind of like interprets it as like poison it's like my brain doesn't want to retain it it's like mm. this is no good for you <laughs> just don't let it stay 
And so it just kind of like <laughs> washes over and then falls off the sides like water off a duck, you know? <laughs> like, so I guess what, the, I mean, the thing about that is it basically means that you didn't think it was funny at all. I think, um, because if, if, if you thought it was funny, like, then you would at least be entertained. But you, if you don't think it's funny at all, I completely I think understand. Yeah, there's a few jokes that landed. There's a couple of times where, like, because Brett Neely is an inherently charming guy. Yeah. And there's some fun in the way that he talks. He, throughout this, kind of talks like, um, like Ren from Ren and Stimpy, uh, if he was from the South. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird voice. I'm not sure what he's going for, but it's funny to me. It's very dramatic. Uh, he's just like really like the the big scenes of the movie are really still fine because um, you know you've got a lot of action to play with. It seems mm-hmm. to be at its best when he has action to play with. Like the Quidditch scene is is pretty enjoyable. The fight with the yeah. troll is pretty enjoyable. Um, but when he's like at home with the with his horrible family and whatever, <laughs> kind of really just like, doesn't do anything for me. That's um, funny because I think some of the funniest parts are when he's talking about characters that he finds despicable and terrible, uh-huh. and like, I mean, and maybe that's very base humor of just like saying that like Snake is a horrible woman <laughs> over right. and over again. But that made me laugh every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that there's something to like your initial question is like, does this mean anything to you if you don't like Harry Potter at all? Yeah, and I think that's kind of the problem is it's like a lot of this stuff is like like to put it in a in a meaner way than i probably should it's like epic reddit shit like no but that's totally true i i think it's fair because it feels so of its time mm-hmm. like i don't think if this came out obviously with a, if there was any other movie even if it was like about the end game or something you know like avengers right. end game and it was just this style i think that no one would care like, right. there's no one even famous enough on Twitter that, like, would drop this and people would be like, this is fucking hysterical. Like, it's a very specific kind of humor Yeah. of, like, a mixture of, like, XD random um, and the sort of early internet irony slash, like, narcissism or not narcissism, uh, nihilism. Like, mm-hmm. that's, a like, what becomes more current day, like, absolute nihilistic irony is in there but it's so much more influenced by like early reddit xd random stuff right um and i think I don't also think you can get away with it anymore <laughs> no and i think there's also like a a um there's a lot of comedy that's coming from like the juxtaposition of like who the character actually is with what he's interpreting it as yeah. and i think if you don't know those characters very well or if you don't care about them or if you actively dislike them like i think that there's a real disconnect there where you're like i don't really think it's that funny that he's like calling her like kitty cat meow meow or whatever like i don't know there's like the one woman who he's calling like cat face meow meow or something and i'm like (laughs) i don't this doesn't mean anything (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember what that person's name is see the thing is with me is i mean i should say um i grew up with harry potter like i read harry potter from you know i was 11 when book one came out so i was Mm -hmm. harry potter's age i'm i am the target demographic for this shit you know i'm not british but (laughs) close enough yeah i mean like it's you know i was 
15 you know i was set i was 18 when the last book came out it was like and i read them all like day one i remember like reading them to my family <laughs> like it was that was not a thing we did as a family like we didn't sit down and read books aloud but right. everyone in my family wanted to read the book and i sat down and like read it to them up until mm -hmm. four um so i would say that there's a pretty big place in my heart for the series like, yeah i do like it i never got into it the way of like getting i never considered getting a death eater tattoo or anything or like the, <laughs> you know I was kind of snobby enough where I was like, I didn't tell anybody that I liked it, even right. when I was into it. Like, by 14, I was like, I actually read much more intelligent books, but, like, I would secretly read Harry Potter. Like, you wouldn't be one of those people, like, joining your college Quidditch team. No, God, no. I would, like, I was, I had enough, like, snobby art school g student person mm -hmm. to, like to 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 know that it was lame like i understood how bad the writing was because i was also at the time like taking a lot of like early college like writing classes and stuff so i was like getting into ursula k Le Guin and like more hard sci-fi um at the same time like right, right around 14 15 when like harry potter started getting dark it was like this is terrible like i remember when book five came out when i was 15 I read that book and I was just like, this is a fucking slog. Is it that the one that's um, so bad? Is that the, the one I was talking about? The uh, Not, No, it's the one right before blood, that. It's Order of the blood. Phoenix. Oh, which one is Order no, of the Phoenix? Order of the Phoenix. It's the one right before where like Sirius dies, his uncle dies, and uh, yeah, by like getting pushed through a curtain. What else? Like... Because I know, the, like, the rest of them are, That's like... the problem, like... The, they're all really self-explanatory except that one, really. Because it's, like... Yes. Because Half-Blood Prince has, like, a big ending puzzle thing and, like, Snake Yeah, it's got, guys. like, a through line. It's got the puzzle that you're trying to figure out. You're, like, who Order is this Phoenix guy? You know? is a mess. That's the thing. <laughs> I, like, at the time, I was, like, this book is a mess. Nothing happens. There's, like, this whole underground, like... uh it's the one where you find out the Aurorers are like underground cops or like anti-cops, like Antifa mm -hmm. people who are like uh, trying to fight Voldemort and like Tonks is introduced. And But it's just like it's this sprawling, weird mess. And by the end, you're just like, what happened? I don't get like Bellatrix is introduced and Creature is there. It's it's so bad. It's written like shit. Yeah. Um, and so at the time, I was just like, this kind of sucked. I mean, I guess it developed a story but like whatever i'd like read it in a day and i was like yeah that um, that's a big disappointment <laughs> so by the last two books i was like i hope they're any good um and i and i read them and i liked them but yeah it was it was a thing that i have nostalgia for um a lot more than you but i've i've never considered it like a good thing that i'm gonna like talk to all my friends about right <laughs> you know what i mean like I have friends now who are always talking about like, you know, trivia and like comparing shit to Harry Potter. <laughs> and right. it's like, I, I, it's a fun, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> Although I did go to the wizarding world in oh, LA did you? last year. Was uh, it cool? And it was awesome. It was so cool. <laughs> it sounds very fun. I, that's it's, the most interesting part to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, but that, that stuff is more like, adult interests where it's like engineering where it's like there's a ton of stuff like i like the idea of like creating 
like special practical effects that work for like illusions you know it's like it's almost an engineering thing right plus there's like all the all the nerdy layout stuff like we were talking about before the architecture and the, the way the town is set up right um so that stuff is super fun and like there was a, a real like do you remember when you were a kid and like christmas would come and there was like this like intense energy that you were just so excited for i guess did you have christmas yeah yeah, yeah. okay i didn't want to i'm be familiar <laughs> <laughs> there's certain things like your birthday or like these like right yeah, yeah, yeah things and it really captured that and i felt like i hadn't felt that way for like a decade i was like uh -huh. i feel like a little kid and that's so great and like you know it's nice to to feel that way every once in a while um sure yeah but but yeah i it's a fine thing i i, I don't care about it that much <laughs> I, it could have been star wars i would probably feel the same way from galaxy's edge or whatever um so watching this again i was so taken with how well the movie held up <laughs> yeah like i was just like oh wow they really like get through and then the, the the parts they they spend time on are the interesting parts and then they sort of just like skip through the stuff that's kind of boring and the kids are you know really charming and right i will I say was having a fun time watching it i didn't feel like it was a slock at all <laughs> it does have a bit of a um uh a phantom menace uh issue Mm -hmm. where like how in the phantom menace they spend way too much time on the pod race that just like doesn't affect <laughs> the plot at all and doesn't oh, move yeah. anything forward they do the same thing with the quidditch game here the quidditch game means absolutely nothing <laughs> it has nothing to do with well you i guess you kind of get a hint that quirrell is the one doing it not snape you know, because he's. Like, I guess I don't remember like, what it is. Cares? He's like magically what moving the ball or whatever. What is he doing? He's trying to kill Harry, and he's like trying to like knock him off his broom, but it like doesn't matter because he fails. So whatever. Yeah, and like it's not like anybody does anybody leave that interaction being like I bet it was <laughs> Snape <laughs> tried to kill me. <laughs> I thought uh, yeah. he just like thought like he uh, like f got hit or whatever. Uh, no, he, they, they're like, they like set Snape's like robes on fire. Um, but, it oh, that's right. Yeah. But it doesn't not stop it. So it's like it, but it doesn't matter because they find out later. Right. It, it, it only kind of bumps them on the right track, but. So there's and a lot, there's a lot people say about Quidditch, uh, how the, the, the game mechanics don't make any sense. Right. That the, really? the if the if the snitch is is the thing that wins the game for you, why does everybody not focus on that? Why are you even bothering with the rest of the game? <laughs> That's the it, thing that wins the game. Yeah. But the thing that I was thinking about in this, in terms of impracticalities of Quidditch, why is there like a manicured lawn under them when none of the game <laughs> happens on the ground? <laughs> yeah, that is so strange. There's a beautifully manicured like like the way baseball. that like a soccer field or a baseball field is, where it's like cut to like a quarter of an inch, like just. <laughs> just barely on top of the dirt you know that mm -hmm. perfect perfect fucking sport grass and they fly they don't touch the grass <laughs> it could be long grass if you just want green under them <laughs> it could be anything it could just be a carpet could be a carpet you don't have to worry about their shins and whatever i mean it's it's fucking enchanted you could just make it wood and like have it bounce <laughs> yeah or, or like some other like wizard ass shit like yeah. glowing tentacles or whatever i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it something could like be that and there's a ton of stuff in that that 
in that series that's just like I guess it's British so it's gonna look exactly like this but with a little magical twist and it's like why, why would you there's so many questions <laughs> yeah like why is why is like Diagon Alley like Dickensian like why does it look so yeah. fucking old <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows yeah um, but yeah so I mean I think I think that this movie weirdly held up for me I was mm-hmm. on because you said you texted me and you said this this is a slog and I was like oh is it really unfunny now Am I going to like watch this and be really bored and just wish I was watching the movie? And I I found it funny and probably just because I remember some of it. I was just like, oh, yeah, he calls him a he calls him Dazzler. (laughs) And that's stupid. I think Um, the funniest things in it for me are when he gets to do action, when he like does, you know, like when he's like uh doing stage direction for like an action scene is always very funny like the curse slams like stuff like that is always (laughs) funny uh i think it's funny his insistence on like calling harry like hp all the time (laughs) is very funny to me um yeah i I kind of wish it was more like that i wish it was more of like like joking about him being like big man on campus hp (laughs) yeah oh yeah i love the idea that one Voldemort is his dad and like I like the things where he really changes it where it's like Harry Potter is a huge asshole and like they're like jocks who fucking hate women yeah (laughs) like that's very funny but see stuff Um, like the Voldemort thing it's like if you don't know the story of it that's not funny it's like it might as well be what happened (laughs) (laughs) it could be what happens we don't even know until the last book Um, um so yeah, I don't know. So do you think the idea of this holds up at all? Like, is it worth it to? Do... I'd watch a highlight. I'd watch like a highlight reel of it, or like one of the scenes of it. But I think that I will always defend the idea of doing a bit for a really long time. I think that's <laughs> the best aspect of this for sure. Is that he actually did it? Like yeah. that's the coolest thing about this is that he actually did the whole movie. That he didn't do like. <laughs> Like, I'll do, like, a couple scenes or, like, I'll do the beginning and then give up on it. The fact that he did all two and a half or two and 40 <laughs> hours of it is bananas cool. I love that shit. <laughs> and it's funny because it's, uh, it almost feels like he's losing steam by the end. See, like, I thought he was picking up steam by the end. I th- And maybe it's like just because that's when. the very last scene where he's just, like, wave, wave. <laughs> 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 like, he's annoyed that he has to finish the thing. But I think that, like, by the kind of, like, the back end of it, maybe it's because he's, you were saying he was releasing these kind of little by little. Like, yeah. maybe by the end of it, he's, like, figured out how to do it better. And, mm-hmm. like, he has more confidence in the idea because more people are listening to it. Something yeah, like I that. Think so. um, but um, how did we get on this? Oh, I was just saying that I think it's interesting that that he was able to do uh this and then release it i mean do you think it's worth it to like do this kind of illegal art to stuff yes absolutely i love um i love like recuts of stuff i love uh like i liked um like riff tracks i always thought was fun i mean mystery science theater is one of my favorite yeah mystery science theater is great But, like, Mystery Science Theater at least was legal because it was, like, old-ass movies that they were always watching. Like, right. Riff Tracks is cool because Riff Tracks is just, like, the, <laughs> it's, like, the movies that are out now. <laughs> yeah. And it's the, most of the same guys. 
uh, from from Mystery Science Theater. Theater. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I always liked Rift Tracks. I think it's cool to do this sort of shit. I think there's definitely a market for it. I feel like um, you can see that in the fact that like people come and hang out in our streams and we illegally stream movies. You know? <laughs> like, oh yeah, we're basically doing Rift Tracks. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think people often want us to do that on balling out i feel like people would like it if we did that but we were never going to <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um yeah no i think it's worth it i think it's a cool it's a cool idea it's i i think yeah the most commendable thing about this is that he committed to it and did the whole thing um right. you just don't think it's because consistent. that's always the coolest is like uh like it's only funny if you really do the thing right mm-hmm. like uh when we were making um uh, two minutes to late night we had this idea uh for a sketch called beer piss and the idea was <laughs> that jordan our host would interview the guest while they played beer pong and one of the cups is full of piss oh god and you don't know which one it is and you're just playing beer pong regular having a regular interview <laughs> and then at some point one of you gets the piss and oh, we so never ended up we never did it for real because we were like, we were like, it's only funny if you really do it. It's yeah. only funny if like actually somebody has the risk of drinking piss and actually like those are the stakes of the interaction because then you <laughs> actually like get that real. Do you have to drink it even if you can feel that it's piss or is it cold? Well, it's like, uh, I mean, beer pong. By the time you are done with beer pong, all the beer is fairly lukewarm anyway. Oh, okay. But you know, the idea was that it was like the the hope was that somebody takes a sip of piss. That's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want the you want the nerve of people doing this and being like, uh, "Is it this one? Nope. Okay." <laughs> and then you want that that cathartic moment where the interview ends and the person spits out the piss. <laughs> but you never did. But we never did it because it was like it ended up being like it's only funny if you actually do it. And we can't actually do it because nobody that we're going to interview is going to let us do this. <laughs> <laughs> you never know unless you ask. I think we asked like one person and then they were so not thrilled with us asking <laughs> that we were like, we can never ask anybody if they'll drink piss on our show again. <laughs> You're not asking them to drink piss. You're asking them to risk drinking piss. Yeah, it's just the problem is that like even the beginning of that conversation could be classified as sexual harassment <laughs> in a lot of workplaces. I guess that's true. Um, well, congrats to Brad Neely for doing this. I'm sorry you didn't find it funny, um, but I found it funny, and I think that I, I one I really wonder if it's a you don't find a funny thing or if it just has aged really poorly because I think I think it's funny I don't <laughs> I don't know anymore it's like, just it's like the it's it's like the Epstein thing though it's like you can't really approach this without baggage totally. or it's really There's, hard to you have to know about Harry Potter you have like that's the thing if you don't know about Harry Potter at all I don't think this is funny I don't think it's funny at all no it's not funny at all it, and if you do know anything about Harry Potter you're either coming to this with your history with Harry Potter or you're coming to it with all your opinions about Harry Potter especially now uh and it, and it, I w- I feel like we would be remiss not to bring up that JK Rowling is a massive piece of shit yeah. uh, publicly <laughs> uh horrible person uh massive yeah. transphobe weird. and uh unapologetically so, so. It's an odd thing cuz it's like why 
why wouldn't you just keep it to yourself? Yeah, like, why do cares? this at this point? Like, like you don't need to even be in the public eye. You have so much money. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why would you put any of your like deals in jeopardy? Like, you have to be so full of rage that people exist. I guess. <laughs> like, it's so crazy. I guess. Me. Yeah. I don't know. Like, how could you even care? I don't. I don't know. It's a weird thing. But it's absolute fuck madness, her. and and, and <laughs> she won't stop. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, she fucking sucks, and um. But yeah, I mean, like that's part of it too. Is like, how do you even now come into this without that baggage too? Well, I don't know. Do you do you feel like when you think of Harry Potter, you think of J.K. Rowling being a huge weirdo? Absolutely. I mean, I always thought that there was massive problems with it. I mean, I feel like I've been like tweeting about this a lot lately, just in in light of kind of like what's going on with her. But like, the the work has always been a problem like it's oh, always yeah. been bad a little reactionary that if not a like lot of reactionary there's a lot of just like general reactionary stuff around this idea of like the one you know that concept totally. in and of itself is already bad um but then in addition to that that there's like the jew goblins and like there's like the <laughs> yeah. asian girl with like the ching chong name and there's like the um the, no black people at all <laughs> no also, there's a lot of that sort of shit and then like she has these like with... weird things where like when she gets in trouble for being uh for for being a transphobe like she'll come out and like try to post hoc woke her her books you know like the first time she got in trouble was the first time oh, yeah. she was like Dumbledore was gay <laughs> <laughs> and it's like why does that not affect anything in the book and what's fucked up about it I really hated that one because it's like okay that's cool. So when we get the movie where Dumbledore is a young man, he'll fuck or at least make out with his partner and then nothing. Or at least like, hold his hand. Something. <laughs> something. But nothing. And and it's like a cursed child happened when she barely, she said she wrote, but like apparently didn't. And like Hermione's black or whatever. And yeah. It's like, well, why does that not affect anything in the, like. They don't affect anything. It's the, the, I'm gonna borrow a riff from a from a car ride with Katie and Alex one time, but we were making <laughs> jokes about this and how it's like about as meaningful as if they decided that um, that Chief Wahoo went by they them pronouns. <laughs> it's like this means absolutely nothing, and it does not change how fucked up you are. <laughs> yeah, it makes it worse. Honestly, <laughs> if anything, it makes it worse. Yeah. But you were like, actually, Hermione was black, and I just decided never to mention it. (laughs) (laughs) And I let them cast this fucking, like, this iconically white woman in the role. (laughs) Who's become, like, queen of the white women in the the remaining years. And I never once said anything about it. (laughs) Yeah. And it was specifically, we were looking for a little white girl, not any girl. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and I mean, she's just a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> she's just a shitty person who had a fun idea and like had a, you know, I mean, but like it's if Tolkien had Twitter, <laughs> I think that most people would be like, oh, wow, he was really racist. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder. But, I wonder. I don't really. I mean, I've never read those because they seem like a real do not, fucking do effort. not read them. <laughs> they fucking blow. <laughs> it seems like it's garbage. It, those books are very long, and uh, I, quite frankly, I don't care. They're very um, bad, too. 
I think fantasy just in general seems to be like, and, and I'm sure somebody's gonna write in with like some you know woke People fantasy will be shit. Very mad at whatever we say about this. <laughs> but I think that high fantasy is inherently a racist genre. I feel like that. I mean, like it feels like it started that way, at the very least. It seems I think like... anything set in Europe is probably racist. <laughs> well, it seems and when like you it's like when you about... make a fantasy world, when you make your fucking fantasy world, and there's magic and wizards and whatever, and you like still can't think of anything other than Europe, I think that's a you thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I mean, I don't, you know, Tolkien's whole world was is so much about like Christianity and you know. Yeah. The white race and like there's a whole have you seen the movies of, of the Oh Lord yeah, I've seen all the Lord of the Rings, yeah. Oh man, I cannot stand any of those movies. They're so long. They're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing happens. They're so fucking long. I They're like three hours a piece. Oh I would like to rewatch one of them. I don't know which one. Don't watch them. They're Definitely really... not the second one. <laughs> I don't and do not write to me about this i don't want to hear it i don't I, care i've seen... gimli should have been black <laughs> gimli should have been black legolas should have been black <laughs> i've seen all of them i saw them all in the theater and my sister was like a huge nerd for lord of the rings um when she was young and i've seen all of the extended cuts of Jesus all three Christ. of them uh and they're all <laughs> terrible they're bad movies oh don't ever talk to me about them i will never I like those mind tree dudes the tree dudes are cool the, and i mean like obviously the, i don't think they would be memorable at all by anybody if there wasn't like cool characters or cool designs or whatever like the whole thing is world building yeah. but i mean just like unless you are obsessed with like what is basically just like big Diablo levels and Elijah Wood making a, <laughs> a, a like constipated face for fucking 12 hours. <laughs> I can't believe anybody watches that movie. Anyway, yeah. I'll tell you what, this will come as no shock to you. My favorite part, the Shire. I wouldn't have guessed anything else. <laughs> I love the Shire. I love, I love how it looks. <laughs> <laughs> it does, it's a good looking place. <laughs> I All like, right, we're uh, over time. Yeah, we're um, over time. But so uh, I personally would recommend this still, I think. Uh-huh. I, I I think it would, now that you've seen it and you've have given me that feedback, I think I'd really warn people. Like yeah. I'd really explain to them what it is. And I'd be like, if this doesn't sound, if you don't care about Harry Potter, don't watch it. <laughs> if, if you don't, if you don't want know anything it, about Harry Potter, definitely don't watch yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so it, I think it's a very specific person that I'd recommend it to, but I personally find it very funny, even today. Uh, and I thought it was a really fun way to to uh, revisit the first movie, which I didn't really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen it like once or twice, and I thought it was sort of chintzy and uh, too too childish. I know it's right. for children, but it, like it doesn't f- have any heft. It all feels plastic, you know. Yeah. Um, the third one's the good one, right? The That's... third one, third one, and then I think se- seven point one, like mm-hmm. the first seventh one, is really good too. I um, like. Um, I know I this is six was okay. This is controversial among the uh, Potter fans, uh, mm. but I, I do believe that Goblet of Fire is a very fun one. 
I think the more I watch it, the, the more I've seen that one, the more I like it. Uh, I know everybody hates the Dumbledore that they changed to in that one, right? Oh, right. Who cares? Because he's they like the, the new same. guy or whatever. <laughs> they look the same and he's a better actor. I will stand by that. <laughs> Damn. You're, uh, you're trying to get people mad at you to this point. But anyway, I... Yeah, I, fuck I, you. I, come at me. I think your, that... your little books are racist. <laughs> and you're racist for liking that. And you're racist and, for liking that. And you're a transphobe. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Harry Potter, you you, uh, you hate trans people. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, I, I think it's fine. I, I thought it was fun to rewatch the first movie this way. Um, mm-hmm. I I enjoyed I had a good time. It was a nice little... I felt like it, it went by like that for me. <laughs> like, it really was just like, oh, yeah, that funny part, that funny part. And then it was like, oh, it's over. Right. Um, and then I also was just, like, kind of taken aback by the some of the scenes, like when, when Voldemort is, like, drinking the unicorn blood and is, like, slithering around on the ground. Looked a lot weirder and more creepy than i remember so i thought it was fun to revisit it this way um so if you want to revisit the original harry potter but maybe laugh a little bit if you think this is funny i think it's a good time (laughs) uh i would not recommend this i don't think anybody should watch it (laughs) i think probably even if you like harry potter and you didn't see this when it came out i think that probably it isn't gonna it isn't gonna work I'm very interested. I, there's one thing I do want you to write to me about is if you've never seen this and you liked it, I want to hear if you think it's funny or what. Because And I, the other way around. If you have seen it or if you have seen Harry Potter and you like Harry Potter, but you've never seen this before, I'm also curious yeah, totally. what your reaction to this is. It's but either a, way, it's a weird little piece of like early 2000s Internet history. And I think, yeah, even if you don't like it, it's a it's a pretty interesting thing that happened. And, and uh, you know, Brad Neely has a much better career after this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's it's a very interesting early work and like massive work uh, from somebody yeah. who has a huge uh, cultural inf- influence, whether you notice it or not or whether you have been you know directly affected by it or not like this is a guy whose footprint in internet media is huge yeah a, a uh, very important guy like on the level of like neil cicerega or yeah. um i can't think of or another maddox one. or maddox uh yeah. richard lotax uh uh-huh. you know um, big, the guy big... who made the history of japan video <laughs> yeah those people so I think it's an interesting little artifact of culture. Um, yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's not as good as I thought it was, but uh, I had fun <laughs> with it. So thanks so much for listening to Generation Loss. That's been the show for this week. Um, please continue to uh, donate to uh, the charities that we talked about last week. Um, Asada's Daughters, uh, Black Mama's Jail Bond, uh, Jail Bond Fund. Um, Reclaim what, the Block. Reclaim the Block. Uh, listen to Zereal. Uh, yeah, check out Zereal. Something that Jeremy and I helped on. Jeremy made uh, the Ballin' Out people made it, and I helped it out with the music. Um, <laughs> listen to my show, BP Bledis. Listen to Jeremy's show, uh, Ballin' Out Super. Anything else we usually plug? We have a Discord now. I don't know if we've actually Yeah, we have said a Discord. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash generation loss. There you go. The, the, the Discord is, I think it's like quote-unquote uh patrons only i fucked up when we first made it <laughs> and invited everybody 
Uh, so there's people in there who aren't patrons, but you know, ask us if you want to be in. Just just yeah. shoot us a shoot cool. us a DM or whatever. My it's DMs for, are open. It's, it's for cool people. Cool people only. <laughs> if you suck, don't ask. Don't ask, and don't ask anyone else. And uh, if you're gonna be one of those people who's like playfully roasty, don't fucking show up. <laughs> I'm not having it anymore. <laughs> I'm done with being roasted. I'm done with being roasted by people I don't know. <laughs> Uh, So follow us on uh, at GenLostPod and we'll see you in the Discord. See you next time. Bye.